Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Spooner. Matthew Spooner, welcome to uh, You Watch, I Listen. Thank you. It's That's uh, the name of this show? Uh, this show is You Watch, I Listen, oh, run, I by the, run by the Attack Moves Network. Um, now, I need to clarify with some people here that um, Ralph, my my very prestigious co-host, is not here today. Unfortunately, uh, due to his professional life at his job, he got hit with a workload that needs his undivided attention. He's busting his ass right now. Uh, he didn't even get to watch the movie this past week, which I totally get. I, I screwed him over and went on vacation. So, um, Ralph will be back with me next week, hopefully. Hopefully, his workload lightens up. Uh, Matt, you know a thing or two about heavy workloads, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, Matt, I, me and Matt have known each other for 20 years at this point, probably yeah, about 20 <laughs> years. And I've seen him like in the last calendar year, like maybe 15 times tops. It's just work. I mean, I work a lot yeah. too, but he's all over the place, does crazy hours. So, uh, Matt, I'm happy to finally have you on the show, even if it is like last second. No, it's all good. It, I'm it, happy to be here. It's really cool. Um, now, uh, I need to jump into something right away. And Matt hasn't even heard this story yet. Um, but before I do that, I need to do a couple ad reads. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to uh, Lobo Sound. Uh, guys at Lobo Sound just released the Bobo EP, which you guys can get at lobosound.com slash Bobo. Um, and uh, to Blood Rain Lit Mag, that's bloodrainlitmag.com. Uh, for all, uh, 10 bucks a month, or 10 bucks for the year, gets you four issues for all the best paranormal and horror fiction out there. Uh, go check them out at Twitter as well. And we got to give a shout out to our buddies. Um, and I'm, I'm going to re- give you their ad read right now. Uh, bros and broads unless you've chosen a different gender so because we are a very gender neutral uh, show here and on both shows um you're in the middle of listening to the most important ad of your life grab a drink open your favorite podcast application pull the dicks out of your ears and get ready to listen to fudge and fins hashtag shots for like podcast a couple of drunk irishmen sit down take some shots and throw random guests into the mix while while bullshitting about all your favorite topics this week they're bringing on an awesome hip-hop and r&b artist scott paul to join the drunken festivities and that impressive individual sure to get fudge and fin going off visit shot for like shots for like podcast.com to choose your favorite podcast application to listen to as well as visit their social media on facebook instagram and twitter if you don't choose to listen then you're practically a cunt and we all know everyone hates cunts get shots for likes in that ass so we don't have to put the dicks back in your ears um again that's a uh, <laughs> matt's looking at me like what's that uh matt if you haven't listened this is run by uh keith boma and dan Haggerty, uh two guys i consider very good friends uh they actually record up in vernon i believe um um, it, it's one of the funniest shows out there. They just get hammered throughout the show, which is a great concept. Um, and they talk about a lot of the same. They can talk football. They can talk video games, movies, everything. And they bring on. They bring on. They had Curry on not that long ago, oh, really? actually. Yeah, yeah. which is um, interesting. Yes. Uh, no comment. And uh, <laughs> and um, no, definitely go check them out. Shots for Likes is definitely one of my favorites to listen to. I've discovered a lot of podcasts while we're doing this, and uh, they're one that I absolutely draw some inspiration from. So go check them out if you haven't already. Um, okay, so I need to get into something now. Um, Twitter. Matt, I know you're not a Twitter user, correct? I am not. Yeah, I've been telling you for years you should be, but you're I not. I know, I just never, I'm so, too lazy just to set one up. And so, at this point, uh, let me give a know. little backstory here. Um, my personal Twitter account got s- suspended about six months ago. Fine, I had it coming. I, I told someone to eat cum, and apparently that's homophobic, whatever. Um, so they banned my personal account that I had since 2009. I eventually got a new one, um, and when we started the show, I made a Twitter account for the, sh- the show. I go to log on to our Twitter account the other night, and I see our, our Twitter following was about 1,400 followers, and they suspended our podcast Twitter page. And the reason I was given, the first thing I thought is that they linked it to my old account, yeah. and then I see that they said that I was we were banned for trying to evade pers- a permanent suspension. Okay. 
but they didn't ban my current personal account. <laughs> that one stuck around. And they so they banned our podcast Twitter page. And I, dude, I was really like pissed about this because I busted my ass. Like our, we're getting about 3,000 listens an episode right now. And I would say 70% of that is from my Twitter outreach. And I made a lot of good friends off Twitter, met a lot of really cool but people. But a suspension is not supposed to no, be permanent. It's a, but it's a permanent. Consider, when you're suspended on Twitter, that means they're not letting mm-hmm. you back. Um, they're doing a big purge of like any conservative views. But this is the fucked up thing. On the podcast page, all I did was talk about movies. All I did was talk about music, some sports, some video games, nothing political, nothing social, nothing economical, and they ban it. And I, I can't, I'm not about to go and make another one. Just the same thing is going to happen. Like yeah. I bust, I dude, I'm not kidding you. I busted my ass building this Twitter following, Be- meeting these other shows and learning some things from getting some great tips from well-established shows like invasion of the remake and movies with the misses. There's some that have really helped us out Dare Daniel podcast has been awesome. And then they go and ban us for literally no reason. Now I am fully willing to admit that I am um, accountable for my own words and my own behavior on social media. I am the first person to admit and Matt can attest to this I have no problem admitting I'm an annoying obnoxious asshole on social media not like I used to be not like I used to be I don't get drunk and post my dick anymore but but it's just it's really disappointing that you can out of nowhere like literally 1400 followers always friendly never been suspended never been reported my personal account got a 12 hour suspension just from posting anything for defending a conservative guy that got kicked off and that got me kicked that got me a, a temporary suspension so they go and they delete our podcast page i'm trying to i'm trying to appeal it you can't get in touch with anyone at twitter to talk to so it's like you could file an appeal and then they decide like I, I, it's really disappointing though to put in that yeah. much work and effort and then it goes by the wayside so um hopefully maybe you guys that are listening can go out there and just hit up twitter saying uh, please go send a tweet to t- at twitter at twitter support and say why did you suspend at you watch i listen and maybe we can get it back because there's some really cool content on there and just the, the relationships we built finding some of those accounts again isn't necessarily going to be easy so um hopefully that comes back and, and in the meantime you could follow me at uh at jersey peros that's jersey p-i-r-o-z and you can follow ralph at ralph y-w-i-l um, and maybe Matt will be on Twitter one day. Maybe one of these. What, days. what would you do on Twitter most today? Absolutely nothing. Like you would probably just follow like wrestling and um, like movie stuff. I would guess maybe video. Like I, the nice thing about Twitter is like you get updates as they happen. Probably like sport, you know, football for the most uh, part. Well, you football, find, fantasy football. You know, I'm yeah, big on that. You find so. out injuries before anyone else. You know, and like um, you said, you get, wrestling. You, you know, get to see trailers yeah. for things. Like I got to see the Red Dead Redemption Two gameplay trailer the second it dropped That's because awesome. of Twitter. You get to see Can't movie trailers, and you know, like uh, how easily I can find like trailers that no one saw remember when we were in Myrtle Beach and I found the it like opening yes. scene like instantly um, Twitter is great for that like but I'm very disenchanted with Twitter right now like if they go and ban my personal account I might just stay off the platform out of like a, a moral purpose at that point I, I wouldn't be able to go back to those scumbags if they ban me again if you want to report me fuck off report me I don't care and you know what nowadays there's so much social media that there's, there's a, other ways yeah there's absolutely other ways but it's also getting to the point where social media has way too much power over what people say and I yeah. understand they're not sensitive Censoring free speech because no, nowhere in the Constitution does it say that you can say whatever you want on Facebook and Twitter. Fair it says enough. you can say whatever you want in public, which is fair. Um, but it is kind of just it's disappointing that they only really want to see one side of things ever. Um, not that I'm saying what side I lean, but they, we know that's true. Um, speaking, I had another social media thing for you that I just discovered this morning, Matt. On Facebook, I get like friend requests from like people that look like supermodels all the time. You ever get those random friend requests? Someone you don't know and you look at the picture, you're like, that's not a real person. I see. I get them on Instagram every okay. so, you know. And so I got More one of so I, I get Facebook. them on Facebook all the time. And it's like, it's a woman that clearly would 
like I've never seen this woman in my life, and if I did, it was on TV because she's actually like a supermodel. And it says five mutual friends, and I'm like, oh my god! It's clearly it's a spam bot. It's probably someone trying to steal your information. Yeah. And I go look at who the mutual friends are, and every single time, it is five to eight of the dumbest people <laughs> I went to high school with. They're like, this hot babe wants me, and I'm guarantee you within seconds they're sliding in the messages, sending them like it's not a real person. Like a random, very attractive person is never just going to send you a. It's always request. one picture yeah, and a profile and pic. That's it, all they it, have. The only time you ever get like a real person of the opposite sex that's sending you a friend request that you don't know is someone that just doesn't have any friends and this is their only way of life. If someone that is, you don't know is like a supermodel hot and they send you a friend request, don't accept it, guys. <laughs> like, if you you need to go and reevaluate things because this literally happened this morning. If, if you're listening to this and you were one of the five people to get this friend request this morning from this pretty attractive blonde in the picture and you accepted it, you need to back up and go unfriend her and then look in the mirror and say, "What have I been doing with my life?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like, at what point do you realize? And if you go through their friends list, there's like eight of these accounts that they're like friends. Like, how? Like, I, no one like thinks you're that good looking, dude. Like, sorry. <laughs> so I had to get that off my chest. I was just instantly like. Like, right off the bat, I'm like, what a fucking moron. Um, so again, so again, since Ralph isn't here, um, the subject of the show is you watch, I listen. So I give him a movie. He gives me an album. He's not here to review the movie. He hasn't even had a chance to watch the movie because of the amount of work he has. But I did get to listen to the album. So Ralph, when you're listening, uh, you gave me Sleep the Sciences. I know you've never heard of Sleep, Matt. I have not. Half the time I'm in your car, you're listening to wrestling themes on your phone. So I don't expect you to listen <laughs> to. I don't expect you to listen to a. Ninety-five percent of the yeah, time. I don't. I don't. I don't expect you to um listen to a stoner metal band um which hey, is what I listened these guys, to a new album today what'd you listen to walk with elias <laughs> so sorry not wrestling themes albums by wrestlers <laughs> hopefully you listen to fucking hulkster in heaven next <laughs> that that great song um so anyway um the, the sleep the sciences and the way matt just are matt the way ralph described them to me is that they are just a bunch of stoners that hang out and jam um i actually really did like this album now he did say to me you should probably listen to it a little fucked up, which I'm fine with. These guys are stoners and they recorded the album high. It's probably better if I'm a little buzzed. And um, I listened to it sober a couple times. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, I dig it. And then I listened to it a little fucked up at night when I was getting ready to lay down. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is my fucking shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is fucking cool. Um, I'm fine with because it, it flows very well. Mm -hmm. So it worked really well. It was a really cool album. A couple of the songs on here I liked. Um, Sonic Titan was awesome, but my favorite song was uh, Giza but Butler. Um, that one actually um, sounded a lot like Tool, which is one of my favorite bands. Um, they These guys definitely very, very tight. You can tell that when they're writing this music, they're clearly in a state, a certain state of mind. And not like in a state of mind like The Grateful Dead, which I think is fucking boring, but um, overall a very, very good uh, album. I gave it a 3.3 .3 out of 5, which... Again, it's not. I've, I think I've the highest I've given an album is like a four point two. Um, but I'm, I actually went and listened to a bunch more stuff by Sleep. I listened to two of their other albums again when I was a little fucked up. Um, and I really liked it. So Ralph, bravo on this album choice. Uh, Sleep, the sciences was uh, really really good. I don't expect Matt to go and listen. It's not Matt's cup of tea. You have to be like into that like progressive rock, uh, strange kind of sound, which is definitely oh, yeah. where it goes. Um, oh, the botanist was another good song, the last one. Um, but overall a three point three. This is one I added to all my playlists because I will listen to this shit regularly now and it's a good driving album but i do not recommend driving when you're fucked up um <laughs> and you watch i listen does not condone any kind of non-sober driving ever you can be non-sober in the car but not driving 
Anyway, <laughs> um, we actually have a, right now, we just did a live show, Matt and I. Yes. Um, so you guys are hearing this our Monday. first live show. Yeah, we did our first live show um, on the Attack Moves Network Facebook page, um, talking about SummerSlam and NXT. And right now we have the SummerSlam pre-show up, and it is uh, Rusev and uh, Lana against uh, Almas and C- Selena Vega, who I'm very fond of Selena Vega. I think the world, I'm, I'm very fond of Lana, too. Um, so we're watching that on my phone while we're doing this. Um, so anyway, Matt, um, I'm in the Fantasy League this year. Now... Um, I retired from fantasy. If you don't, I know remember. what happened. You lied to me. Um, so this is the story. With, I retired from fantasy football a couple years ago because I got very, very sick of hearing people cheer for like rivals. Oh, did Selena and Almas yeah. just won? Okay, Selena yeah, and Almas just won. Rope, so. Nice. Oh, a good dirty win. Yep. So anyway, I retired from fantasy for the simple reason that fantasy football made people very stupid. Um, Football fans, they thought players yes. were good, like Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, and uh, MVP I'll, I'll, I'll Bortle rip, for I'll, MVP. I'll rip on my own guy in Ryan Tannehill. People, he was yeah. a great fantasy quarterback. He is a good fantasy quarterback, but he's only had one year that I consider quality. It, it diluted the people in thinking that players are better than they are and they're worse than they are. Yeah. Uh, so it, it then uh, I can't fathom ever drafting a Jet, drafting a Patriot, drafting a. I just I cannot do it, and I let alone root for them. Yeah, I I, I just cannot do that, and I think it just. And, to the point where you're watching like a Dolphins game for me, Giants. Yeah. You know, and you have the other person, like the team that they're playing, you know, say Giants are playing the Falcons. I have Matty Ice, you know. I'm like, yeah, like I can't root for him to, to score four touchdowns on my team. Correct. Just for my fantasy team. A- exactly. Like, and I know I, that was the main issue you were having. That, that's exactly. Like, I can't be sitting there like, oh, my guy just scored a touchdown, but it was on the Dolphins. Like, but I, it's I, okay because I have him on my fantasy team. Yeah, I, that is just not in my DNA. So I did retire from it, and it's made watching football itself more enjoyable for me. I can, and I can still watch it the same exact way. Like People are like, well, there's no reason to watch Red Zone then. I'm like, yeah, sure there is. If you like football, you like football, which yeah. I like football. So um, our friend Brian, who I've met through Matt, yes. um, I, I ran into him at... At his uh, the the bar he works at Jimmy G's up the road, great establishment. Love Jimmy G's. Um, and Brian said, "Hey, would you want to do a dynasty league with me and Matt?" And I'm like, "I'm not doing fantasy. I've made it clear." And then Brian, who he has to be considered a contributor to you watch I listen now, suggested, "Hey, why don't you do a team for the podcast?" And Ralph was with me also, and we said that would be actually a good idea. And each week we can kind of interact and say, "Who should we start this week?" And kind of let let's see how our um, our followers build a team yeah. and and uh, maybe I think maybe, it's a great it, idea even if we have to draft ourselves but if they can tell us who to drop who to pick up who to bench who to start that week I think it's a really cool idea Um, and maybe it'll make me more interested in fantasy but the, yeah. the kicker here is being a dynasty league obviously because yes. then you're stuck with your players Correct. like do you want to take Tom Brady with the thought that he might retire in two years like do you want to take the, these old Ben Roethlisberger who may retire at the end of the year mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to see it I actually think um, in some ways being out of tune with fantasy may work to my benefit because because I think one of the problems I had towards the end was I was reading way too much into fantasy yeah. and like what people thought they were going to do. So I, I think winging it might be my best bet, and it would be really funny if the show ended up winning the league. What's the? Bu- I didn't even ask what the buy-in on this. I have is. no idea. I, I maybe I should have done that before I said I'm yes. I'm in way too many leagues. I don't even know what's going on. How many on. leagues are you in this year? <sighs> Let's see. One, two. <laughs> more three. than anything, more than three is a problem because I've done as many as like twelve in a season. I and think four. Four is at least reasonable. Like when I, I was doing four, when yeah. I was doing like twelve in a year, it's I was a just possibility kept, of the fifth. I don't know. Like I kept like I would be like celebrating. I got a touchdown in this yeah. league, but I'm like, oh no, I got it in that league, and then he scored on me in that one. Well, um, I, I my peak, I was in seven, 
and it yeah. got to be ridiculous. Yeah, too much. You it's know? A, it's you overwhelm yourself to yeah. an extent. And it's the same thing. Like, okay, I'm doing great in this one, but then I'm getting beat on a touchdown in another. Exactly. One. So, um, that draft is in a couple of weeks, and we'll have some more details on that. But um, yeah, Ralph and I will be running the You Watch I Listen um Dynasty League team, so we will be looking for your guys' assistance. Um, and again, with this episode with Ralph not being here, and I didn't clarify this, this is gonna be a nice short episode. We're only gonna go about 45 minutes to an hour because we especially want to go watch SummerSlam too. Well, how long are these usually? Um, Ralph and I will go anywhere from an hour and 20 to two hours sometimes. Okay. Um, but it's also when we have the the movie, we have to review last week's movie mm-hmm. and album, then we got to go over the next week's movie and album. So that takes up a solid like 40 minutes of time itself. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, so I have a couple other stories here. Um, we'll stay on the subject of football right now. Um, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Quality quarterback. I think he's an yeah. underrated quarterback, actually. Um, I liked him back when he was at Virginia Tech, too. What if I told you his name isn't Tyrod Taylor? Really? His name is not pronounced Tyrod. It's Tyrod Taylor. This came out in the news just recently. He um, Apparently, he's such a nice guy that he just didn't want to correct people because they said it how it's spelled. His name is pronounced Tyrod Taylor. Um, so it's not like him changing his name, like, or, uh, going by his uh, first name rather than his middle name at some point, uh, like Giancarlo Stan, his name is actually Giancarlo, but he went by Mike Stan his first yeah. few years. His name is actually Tarod Taylor. He just never corrected anyone <laughs> his entire team time in the league. Um, he's a, a, a really interesting, like testament to, um, poor evaluation by a team and hard work by the player because the Ravens completely mishandled him when he was there. Yeah. Um, he probably I always forget that he was with them. Yeah, he was with them and everyone thought he would suck and he went to Buffalo and he played yeah. he wasn't a superstar but he played he well enough. He, he's, he, I, I, hate, I hate the phrase he's a, a game manager. I want a good game manager. He was a good game manager. Yeah. He he always played poorly against good against good teams and bad or, and well against good, bad teams but you want a good quarterback to beat up the bad teams. Tom Brady made a career career beating up the AFC East. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So um, I just, there's, it's Tarod. It's going to take me a while to say I'm drafting Tarod Taylor. And I do think that the Browns should start him as well. Um, I think he will. But you have... Um, Barkley is obviously breathing down his neck. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be the smartest thing to do because he can when he's going to be safe with the football. Um, it's the same reason I think the Jets should be starting Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I don't think Bridgewater. You know, I think, I think actually he looked, Bridgewater... He's looked very good in preseason. I know, but I think but he's going to get traded by the time... The season comes. I don't think he's going to get traded because if he was, I know he's looked good so McNown far. They got McNown there, you know. You can't I, have all three is, of them. I think you start Teddy because say you catch lightning in a bottle and he plays really, really well. You start out well. He can uh, Darnold can watch behind him. McCowan can continue to tutor Darnold while he's on the bench. And let's say Teddy plays really well and he keeps the team competitive. And by chance you sneak into, it's a wide open AFC when it comes to the two wild cards, 100%. Um, and so I think that if, uh, to say you catch it in the bottle, I want the guy that I know has uh, experience, he's been there before, um, and he looks healthy right now, ride with him. And then the off chance that he doesn't play well, you don't throw Darnold to the Wolves behind a bad offensive line. He can learn a little bit. It's not pressure on him instantly. I think that would be the smart move to start Teddy or Josh, I guess, over Darnold. But with the way Teddy has looked in camp and in um, preseason so far, I would start Teddy personally. I think... Right now, I think he is the best quarterback that they have. Yeah. I Darnold, agree. I think, will be the Upside, best of them. Yeah. yeah. But McNown, you know. Josh McCown, yeah. McCown, he's, you know, he's been the quarterback for what? He's been in the league years? for 18 years, know, Josh crazy. McCown. You know, he's the type of guy that, you know. Will, he knows the system. He knows, he knows the players. Exactly. He knows the coaching staff. He's yeah. in a position in his career where he's there to groom a new person. Yeah. Bridgewater's there to start. Yes. I, so I, I think that's where it's. I, I think it would be. So I just don't like Dar- as much as I hate the Jets. 
Darnold could very easily be uh, young quarterbacks have been ruined by a poor offensive line all throughout NFL history. David there's, Carr. There's very few that get better behind offensive line or play well. Honestly, two recent exceptions were Andrew Luck and Ryan Tannehill playing well behind bad offensive lines. Yeah. Um, but they eventually broke. So I think it would be smart to watch him to, so he can see how Teddy moves in the pocket, how he steps up, how he shifts side to side with the protection. Um, I think that, and I think the same thing with uh, Barkley. I think that Terod Ter- Taylor is the perfect person. So Barkley. What's the name of? Uh? Um, not Bar- Mayfield. Uh, May- Mayfield. Excuse me. Um, Baker Mayfield. I was thinking Barkley Baker, whatever. Um, I think that um that would be the perfect person for Baker Mayfield to sit behind, one hundred percent. Um, so I, I personally, but you have to think drafting somebody that high, you want them to play this year. Of course you do, but you also traded for Terod Taylor. Like you gave up, you gave up a uh, commodity for a guy that can play, and he was just in the playoffs last year. No yeah. matter what happened to them in the playoffs, he, he made the playoffs. That game was boring. It, of course it was. The Bills are a boring team. The Bills are going to be really bad this year. The fans and are probably Josh, more excited. Josh, than- <laughs> Josh Allen looks awful, and he's going to be awful. He looks te- he look, look at how well, far, look he's how he throws probably going to be starting week one. <sighs> McCarron's so. injured. I, ho- I know. McCarron's I ho- hairline fracture. No, I thought it was a hairline fracture of the oh, collarbone. Hairli- of the oh, collarbone. Sorry, collarbone. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. I had a couple other things because we're we're about at twenty minutes, so we can go for a little bit. Um, Howard Michael Kelly. I just gave um, Matt the inside scoop on Howard Michael Kelly. We forgot yes. last week. Um, now you can't say his real name, obviously, but Howard Michael Kelly. If you missed it on episode fourteen of You Watch, I listen. Is a friend of mine from uh, my childhood in high school who um, is a bit of a character. And the story we told was about him losing his virginity to his sister aunt his uh, adopted aunt but age-wise they're like siblings if you didn't listen to it so um i have other stories about howard michael kelly um and one of my favorites to this day is um we used to go on our friend mike's boat mike white's boat in the summer we loved going on the boat boat was always fun wasn't it, it always was P- plenty yeah. of times getting drunk and falling asleep in the <laughs> middle of the lake um so one time on mike's old boat he's a nice, really nice pontoon boat now but on his old boat we always ended up with some kind of boat problem <laughs> yeah one time we're in the Engine middle of lake all the well, time <laughs> we were on the boat one time i don't know if you were with us for this time but we're in the middle of the lake and then all of a sudden the boat stops moving yep i was there that time <laughs> the fucking propeller fell off the boat while we were in the middle of the the propeller literally fell off the boat in the middle of the lake and we're just drifting just drifting so i tell howard michael kelly i'm like hey fat ass get put on this life jacket and get out of the boat so he puts on the life jacket and jumps in i tie a rope to the front of the boat <laughs> I tie the rope to his life jacket, and I'm like, swim, motherfucker. (laughs) And to his credit, to this pudgy little lunchbox tub of shit, he swam for a solid 20 minutes. He actually got us kind of close to land. And I'm just sitting there like (laughs) berating him. And and here's a little Easter egg. If you're not sure who Howard Michael Kelly is, if you go back on my Facebook and videos, you can find this video and see who it is. Um, and if he's listening, I'm sorry I'm doing this to you, but I have plenty of other stories about you. Literally, Howard Michael Kelly, I made a uh, Google Drive sheet <laughs> of, the, of the stories. Jesus. And literally, there's six stories that are from one night. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited to tell those. So um, my, my fat friend, oh, goddamn constable is on the screen. I fucking hate him. It's your boy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, we'll move on from Howard Michael Kelly to another story I had. Um Movies. I love the movies. Matt, we've probably seen a few hundred movies together in the theater Easily. at some point. Uh, we'd go see, we'd get dropped off at the movies at like noon and sneak into like three movies in one day. Um, but I, so I, I love going to the movie. I love the movie going experience. I think there's certain movies that they are just sold so much better and they, they make you feel so much different when you see them in the theater. Correct. On um, the Star Wars films, when you see them in the theater, that opening crawl gives me goosebumps every time. Um, I was so happy I saw a movie like Hereditary in the theater because it scared me so much. And when you see a 
movie in IMAX, it's incredible. You didn't have to like Avatar, but seeing an IMAX was an experience. There's certain movies that just look amazing and they feel amazing and you like the energy of the audience there. And even a bad movie can be fun because you laugh at how bad yeah. it is. We've seen some bad ones. We've oh, seen yeah. some that no one else... We saw the goods in the theater. Yes, No one else did. saw the goods. <laughs> like we went and Good saw some, some... I like that movie. We've seen a lot of random ones. So I ask you this question, Matt, and I have a couple answers. What are a movie or a few movies that you wish you were alive to see in the theater? Wow. Um, going back to classics. like my, my first one that I think of every single time, I remember my dad telling me the stories, The Exorcist. Okay. What it was like in the theater. People screaming. I can't even imagine. People screaming. Because it's a different type of movie. Yeah, people were screaming in the theater. They were, all the whole audience, the power of Christ compels you. They had to give out vomit bags and people were passing out. It's, my dad was saying that he had never seen anything like that in a theater where people were just going ballistic and how scared he was as almost an adult at that point of that movie. And there's a level of this to this question where you have to consider the times and how desensitized we are to certain things compared to now um and horror is definitely one of them yes. that it's things it's a lot harder to scare people and shock people and the exorcist at the time was a shocking movie which brings me to another horror movie that i wish i saw uh was the original night of the living dead Yeah, i was actually about because, to say that that's probably one of them that i would because what if you look up the reviews at some of the most famous uh movie critics of all time roger ebert uh there's a great review from him if you haven't read it before um look up roger ebert's original review of night of the living dead and how they put this movie it was a college movie night of the living dead they put it in um um, like the horror theaters that were showing like Boris Karloff, Karloff knockoff mummy movies and things yeah. like that. So parents would drop their kids off to see like lame, scary monster movies. And they put Night of the Living Dead in there. And the kid, they, he said he watched it as like it went from like being a little creeped out to kids being genuinely terrified because you were seeing people eat people on screen. Yeah. And they never say zombie in the movie. They call them ghouls or these people or whatever. Yeah, the name didn't come into effect till Dawn after. of the Dead was the first, first one where they one, said yeah. zombie, yeah. Um, and But watching what people's reactions were. Um, another one, Jaws. Jaws, Jaws was thing, Jaws, yeah. when Jaws came out. That was everything. That people were horrified of Jaws. They were yeah. afraid to go. My dad told me that too. Like people were genuinely scared to go to the beach after Jaws came out. Um, what What is a movie you wish you saw in the theater? Like I can think of one that you'd probably say. What's that? Two. Back to the Future when okay, that came out. Yes. And the original, and we both agree, the yes. original Star Wars when that I came actually, out in the theater. You know what? Um, I kind of wish I saw The Empire Strikes Back just because of the shock effect. So I, I that's a good point. I just, just think to see the reaction of everybody. The thing that I, my dad, uh, my dad always said his favorite Star Wars was the original because when you saw in the theater, you never saw Different. anything like that before. It was like holy shit, the, the planet coming right over Tatooine, yeah. um, with the ships. No one had ever seen anything like that. Um, so there, there's definitely got to be some other. I think Friday the Thirteenth is a big one. That yes. the, especially the end scare where he jumps out of the water. Um, there's certain movies that you Terminator Two. Yeah. I w- I was alive when it came out, but I wish I saw in the theater. <laughs> Yeah. Jurassic Park. I wish I saw in the theater. See, I saw that actually in the drive-in. At, okay, that's yeah. that's a good one. I, I was too young to even remember. I remember exactly. Liking Don't you it, wish yeah. you were old enough to like acknowledge yes. like what you were seeing historically mm-hmm. as far as a film goes? Actually, another one, Back to the Future Two, being able to, when they go into the future and seeing. Oh yeah, yeah, and, know, and, and be, all the stuff that didn't come true. Yeah. Besides <laughs> the Miami Marlins being a real team. <laughs> I was talking to someone about this. Um, Back to the Future Three. Um, the end. Your favorite. Where they're waving. Oh, where they're waving. Where Doc Brown's waving. And he's got his family. Have you ever noticed the <laughs> most famous blooper in that movie? Yes, the, the creepy. The kid. little kid. He's just. He's pointing. He's saying, "Come on." He's pointing to his dick. He's waving people onto his dick. <laughs> How did that get past the edit room? I don't know. Like this kid's literally seen memes about it recently. This, he's he literally. I, I I couldn't believe how many people didn't know about that. I've known yeah. about it forever. That's like one oh, of the. Oh really? Yeah. I, I only saw it maybe within the last year. Yeah. Or so. No. Okay. So another another movie in the theater that I wish I saw. Um, Psycho. 
Oh, yeah, Psycho, for sure. Psycho's a really good one. I wish I saw that in the theater because that was such a game-changing horror movie. It almost seems that like... it still creeps me out. Horror, yeah, I could see Psycho being scared. Yeah. It never... It, see, the slashers never really scared me. I would get scared of, like, paranormal stuff. Okay. And um, the zombie movies always scared me. That's what always creeped me out in horror. I love horror, but the slasher mm-hmm. movies never really scared yeah, me. Yeah, you, you, you and Jared always loved the horror movies. You know, I was always more into, like... The, the comedies yeah exactly more. and I mean there's definitely certain comedy like I would have loved to see Animal House in the theater when it yes. came out the jerk in the theater <laughs> when it came out Monty Python, Python Taylor yes, Micah, Micah actually mentioned uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail I would have loved to see that in the theater when it mm-hmm. came out um, there's definitely uh, various ones throughout the years. I mean, you could go back to like more historical ones. Like, I wish I saw Cuckoo's Nest or Forrest Gump in the theater. On um, The Shining, I wish the I saw Shining, the, th- yes. the Shining in the theater must have been incredible. One that I'm happy I did see in the theater, actually saw it at the drive-in, was Twister, and it was right yeah. when a tornado hit Warwick, where, was, where the drive-in <laughs> was. So it was like a really cool element. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Poltergeist in the theater yes. would have been incredible. I think horror in the theater is one of the best elements because, especially if you're in a packed crowd, watching them mm-hmm. react. Act. Like I still remember seeing signs in the theater and people screaming yeah. in, the, in the ring. I didn't like the ring, but people in the theater screaming. There's something fun about it. Um, I, I think I, horror and I think like movies like Avatar. Those yeah, are the only experiences. ones you have to see. Experiences. Them in the theater. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's experiences- certain. Probably are better than the actual film. Of course. I mean, it, there's certain times of comedies that, like, when you see them in the theater, you laugh so hard because of the reaction around the crowd. Yes. Like, I remember in the theater, like, the hardest times I've ever laughed in the theater were when 40 Year Old Virgin came out. I was in tears. And um, Borat. I, I couldn't breathe yes, when I saw Borat. Borat. I could not breathe when I saw Borat in the theater. Um, so, though, I'm glad I got to see that one in the mm-hmm. theater. Um, there's definitely more that I'm missing. So, oh, here, here's a good one. Here's a good one. This is the end. We saw that. Oh yeah, that's well, up there. Saw, yes. that, that's as hard as I've laughed in the theater. Here's a really good one to see in the theater: um, Wizard of Oz when that came out. Ooh. The difference from going to black and white to seeing color on yes. screen for the first time must have been fucking just ridiculous. And it, that's the thing. Like it, people could they, say, I thought they added the color later. No, no, that no, was the first. That was the first time Technicolor was used in wow. a big movie. Um, and it was such a jaw dropping thing, which added to the appeal. The Wizard of Oz is a great movie, but mm-hmm. it adds to the appeal of it, uh, especially at that time. Um, so that's the thing. Like uh, box office isn't doing as great as it used to be but I think there is something special about the movie going experience and it's something that when it's I so have expensive it, nowadays well that's the thing like um, they they, re, they redid Kinelon like phenomenally Kinelon you can go on a Sunday see a movie for two people bucket of popcorn large soda $21 oh, wow. at Kinelon and they redid the seats like the seats are mad comfortable now um, like they're better than the AMC seats you have so much leg room like I don't have to move to get up if uh, move if someone's getting up to go to the bathroom like they can walk right by me um, but I think like I know when I eventually have children like I want to share the movie going experience with them like my dad did like taking yeah. me to see the re-release Star Wars is in the theater when they did the special editions um, seeing all those ones growing up uh, whether it was taking me to see an R-rated movie without telling my mom like shit like that <laughs> I think it's really important. I think it's a great bonding experience. I think uh, th- you just can't compare to being in a theater with the surround sound, the big screen, to watching at home. Sure, it's comfortable at home, but I just don't think you get the same thing being in a theater. Uh, I think it's because you, you embrace yourself a little bit differently, your expectations a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You don't have the option to turn it off. You obviously have the option to leave. You can't pause it. So you sit on you sit there waiting for this conclusion and this climax to come because you can't stop it. At home, you can stop it, go take a shit, go take a shower, <laughs> go shopping, and finish the movie later that day tomorrow whatever the movie going experience you can't do that that's true and have you ever walked out of a, a movie i've walked out of a few movies in my life i walked out of the ring um i did walk out of that when that came out um i walked out of uh some chick flick in middle school <laughs> that i couldn't stand um but i was just there for some got ungodly reason at abbey cinema um i fell asleep 
during more movies than I've walked out of, I feel like. I believe didn't we fall asleep during Volcano? The I did not. I was into oh, Volcano. Good. I was into Volcano as bad as it was. I fell asleep during Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, that, that was a That long bored movie. the shit out of me, um, which is a shame because it's Kubrick and Spielberg. Um, I fell asleep during the movie Darkness Falls, another bad horror movie. I fell asleep during The Grudge. Um, I fell asleep during bad horror more than anything <laughs> else. Um, but I, I've definitely, I know there's other movies I've walked out of. I'm just having a hard time recalling what movies I've walked out of. I think it's like I, bl- I remember specifically walking out of The Ring though, because and everyone like thought it was so scary, and maybe because I'd seen the Japanese version Ringu a bunch of times, it just didn't do anything for. Me. I was not remotely entertained or scared, and I've not watched that movie the whole way through since it came out. I actually, that's a lie. I did watch it once because everyone, I've only watched it once. Everyone talked about the scene where she came out of the screen, and I was like, ooh. Ooh, cool. <laughs> like, I didn't give a fuck. So, uh, what about you? Have you walked out of a movie? I don't think I have. What, what uh, the- you know, I'm the type, I'll just, if it's a, I usually, I don't go to the movies as often as you do. You, yeah. And if I do, it's for something that I want to see. And you know what? I'm I'm a passive person to a point where if it's not good, I would probably just sit through it and hope that it gets better. Yeah, and it doesn't and happen just, very yeah. often. All right, so let's jump to something else. Um, <laughs> um, so, DC... DC, you know, famous DC Comics, they confirmed something about Batman recently. My favorite superhero, Batman is my favorite superhero by far, by har- by far if he is a superhero. Um, I don't know why this is important, but Batman is an atheist. What? <laughs> why do we need that confirmed? And <laughs> like, are you just trying to get people pissed? Because that's only going to piss off people that consider themselves religious that like Batman. Now they won't even consider it because a made-up character... A made-up character who fights made-up villains is an atheist <laughs> like in a made I, up city <laughs> in a made up city like it, it's like why why does that matter like at someone someone goes oh, it's, i guess that proves he is the world's greatest detective <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like you're just trying to piss me and i'm not even an atheist and i was like i i could care less if a fictional character what a fi- fictional character's religion is i agree i would not be using him as my moral compass ever i'm <laughs> um, speaking of batman um I said uh, when I got kicked off, the, the Twitter account got paid, uh, got banned. Uh, you watch I Listen Twitter account. The most controversial thing I said on there was that the worst of the Dark Knight trilogy movies is actually the Dark Knight. I, I, I love the Dark Knight stuff. I think it's a you great... Think so? I think storyline-wise, it is by far the weakest. The story itself is nothing special. Bank robbery, setting up the gangs, wants to cause chaos. That's it. There's no other layer to it. Uses uh, um, Bratman's people he cares about against him. Mm-hmm. It was the movie Heat, which is a phenomenal... Heat's one of the best action heist movies of yeah. all time. And Christopher Nolan acknowledged that he had the entire cast and crew watch Heat a few times to get the idea of what he was trying to do. But you look at like... Bat- I think Batman Begins is so good still. I, I just watched it the you. other night. Um, and You know, when I watched, the, uh, when I watched uh, the Dark Knight originally in the theaters, I thought it was... I, you, I thought it was a better, um, yeah. I listen a better and, movie, and then when I went back and rewatched Batman Begins, it holds. I Batman it, it Begins holds up so, so much. The more. Dark Knight, I think. So the one thing the Dark Knight has that the others don't. It has the best acting performances of all the movies by far, and that was dictated by the way the story went. So you could argue that my argument about the story being the weakest. Um, is because of uh, exactly what I said. I'm using my own argument against me. But when it came to the plot itself, it wasn't as good. But Heath Ledger, obviously incredible. Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, incredible. Yeah. Um, Gary Oldman's performance as the commissioner in The Dark Knight. Oh, he's perfect. He was made for that role. Ridic- ridiculous. Maggie Gyllenhaal was so much better mm-hmm. than Katie Holmes in that role. Christian Bale, Michael Caine was great. The whole cast was great. Um, but the story itself was nothing special. And you look at Batman Begins, uh, you get the, back, the origin story about his, his parents got killed. I don't know if you knew that um and uh then you get to see him go away and f- meet the league of shadows and get trained by Ra- Ra- Ra's al ghul and then the twist about
out who Ra's al Ghul actually is. Then the Scarecrow and his storyline. Um, it, it just it was different. It, it, yeah, you finally got to see where Batman got all those little toys from Lucius Fox yes. and everything. And then I look. My favorite is the Dark Knight Rises. Admittedly, I'm a Tom Hardy. Bane. Bane is my favorite Batman villain by far. Um, and I thought that one weaved it. It, it took the the story that started in Batman Begins and tied it off perfectly, including some of the stuff from the Dark Knight because they obviously uh, there was peace because of uh, Harvey Dent getting killed. Yeah. Um, but I thought the way they weave that in, who Talia Al Ghul actually was, the woman that Bruce was with, um, played by uh, Marion Cotterd, who awesome in that movie. I think I just think that storyline uh, caps off everything much better. While the Dark Knight is such a character heavy, um, emotionally driven movie, so you can action pack. Yeah, you know. it's it, you can listen. It, I have no problem with people saying the Dark Knight's the best one, but don't tell me it's not the movie Heat. It's literally the movie Heat. <laughs> it, it's it's great, but as far as like the story itself, its story interests me the least. But the acting, it, it's an it's a master class movie when it comes to performances. Um, but while we're in the subject of Batman, I talked to Ralph about this last week. I just finished a series that's Batman related. I caught up on it. I finally watched Gotham. Gotham, Dude, really? Gotham's great. I haven't watched it. You okay? So it's I, I'm two weeks in a row. I'm doing this. We're gonna wrap up shortly because we want to go watch SummerSlam. Um, so I watched Gotham when it first aired, like maybe the first five or six episodes. I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't like invested fully. And then Bob and Quaz kept saying, like, "Dude, you gotta watch Gotham. You gotta watch Gotham." So I'm like, "Fine, I'm gonna put it on my second screen while I play Madden because." Uh, <laughs> I it's a show that's very easy to watch. Like it doesn't need your undivided attention. Like you can sit there and really um like kind of like miss a second or two and or a minute or two and still understand what's going on. But specifically on the show, the villains in the movie or in the show are so the guy that plays uh, Penguin, he was actually in the movie Accepted. He was the Abernathy whatever he name. He was in the movie Accepted. You remember that with Justin yeah, Long? Yeah. He I'll show you who he was. He plays okay. Penguin. He is ridiculous. Is it the, the guy penguin. that wanted to blow shit up? No, no. He okay. was the the weird one. The one with ADHD that couldn't sit still ever like he would go to meditate and then he would get up and leave I don't remember I'll, I'll show you a picture of him but um, he's incredible as Penguin the guy that plays Riddler is ridiculous and then the other villains they get Mr. Freeze on the show is fucking sick Poison Ivy is sick the Bruce you finally get to you get to actually see Bruce, better than Bruce, Arnold uh, no one's better than Arnold as Mr. Freeze but you get to see Bruce's training as a child to becoming oh, nice. Batman it's the best Alfred they've ever done the first three seasons are on Netflix and the fourth one just finished up a few months ago uh-huh. you should watch it dude it's they're only 40 minute episodes and you can just fucking breeze through them um, I finished up that and then I started on uh, getting caught up on Better Call Saul yes which, oh man I haven't seen season four yet but the I, way season three ended was phenomenal it was um I I couldn't I felt so bad for the character Chuck on Better Call Saul and I know, he was so he hateable just, he is but then wa- that watching that it's a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Better Call Saul but um Saul's brother Jimmy's brother um has a, an allergy to electricity but he doesn't yeah it's, it's, all it's, it's, a, it's all in his head and you watch this very mentally ill man slowly unravel completely in one episode and um he goes from fine to not fine and i felt really really sad for him watching tear his house apart and then clearly saying i'm tired of this life and then killing himself yeah it was um it was allegedly allegedly yeah it's uh (laughs) i haven't seen season four yet so i don't know it's only been two episodes so you're not (laughs) far you're not far behind so um it was uh really good but uh the movie i gave ralph last week i don't remember if you saw this movie you remember the movie sunshine no. Okay, that was one that Jared and I were very much into. Jared's one of our, actually how Matt and I met each other, our, our oldest friend, each individually. Um, Sunshine is the one I gave Ralph, one of my favorite sci-fi movies. What's it um, about? It's about um, the, the sun, it's in, it takes place in like 2055, okay. and the sun is um, burning out. 
and they send a group of astronauts there to drop a nuclear bomb on it to try and relighting it. Huh. Um, to try to create a star within a star, more or less. Um, it's a really fucking weird movie. There's some really wild... It's from the same guy that directed 28 Days Later and okay. Dog Millionaire, Danny Boyle. Um, it's a really, really cool movie. Um, I'm hoping Ralph likes it. I've been on a real good kick with Ralph with the sci-fi movies lately. Like Last week I gave him the movie Looper, which he said mm-hmm. was the best sci-fi movie he's ever seen. Um, Edge of Tomorrow with uh, Tom Cruise he loved. Minority Report he liked. So I'm hoping I stay on this sci-fi. I might have his sci-fi figured out. My ultimate goal on the show, I would love to figure out exactly Ralph's wheelhouse for a movie. And I think I'm starting to feel it out more or less. So how did this start? Did he just grow up not watching movies? No, he used to watch a lot of movies. So if you want a little backstory on how this got started, um, he watched a lot of movies and then he stopped. Just like I used to do, you know, Matt, I used to do everything with music. Yeah. I was listening to music. I was playing music all the time. And then I stopped. So we figured, I'll oh, fuck Peter Rosenberg on our screen with JBL. <laughs> if JBL is going to bully anyone, bully fucking Rosenberg. Um, so he he's missed like so many movies throughout the years, um, like some that he should have seen. And I've missed a ton of music. And yeah. granted, he references some like obscure music. Maybe not obscure is the right word. Not non-mainstream might yeah. be the right right word. Um, but we both miss these things. So this is our way of investing back into things, um, that we used to care about. And I'm listening to so much more music now that I've been doing this show. And Ralph is, Ralph said he's watched more movies doing the show in the last four months than he had in the previous like eight years. Oh, wow. (laughs) So he's, he's seen like some big movies, but like one of the projects we're going to do is he's going to watch all the Marvel movies, like in order that they came out. I think we're going to do a full like Sopranos watch through, which I'm very, I've watched the Sopranos like eight times. I'll watch it a 15th time. I don't care. Um, it's literally like one of my go-to shows to put on. Um, although right now my go-to, now that I'm done with Gotham, is I'm falling asleep to Batman the Animated Series every night. <laughs> you love those going Oh, up. dude, it's great. It's still great. There's no way they would get away with that show now. It's yeah. way too violent to do now. Um, so anyway, Matt, here, here's a question. I, I try asking every guest this question before we wrap up. What's your favorite um, album? If you have a favorite album, favorite what, yeah. If you had to pick like one of your, give me like one of your favorite out, like an album you could put on any time. Like I have a handful. Like one of my, like hip hop for me, Illmatic is my number one hip hop hip hop album of all time. I'll put on Illmatic anytime, start to finish, without wow. without dead air. I know. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> sorry. All right, hip hop. Ooh. I'll never forget when you hit me up and go, I got us Jay Z tickets. I'm like, we didn't even talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we're going to the Jay Z concert. You know. Um, Probably hip hop. Probably watch the throne. Do watch the throne. I, watch the throne or um, my dark, twisted my beautiful fantasy, dark, twisted fantasy. fantasy yes. That's Kanye's best album. Yes, watch I the agree. Throne. Watch the throne. Did you listen to Kanye and Cuddy's album, Kid See Ghosts? No, All I right, haven't. You need to do that. I'm not kidding you. Kid See Ghosts is incredible. It's Kanye and Cuddy. It is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would say uh, watch the throne. I remember the first time I heard Watch the Throne. I didn't hate it, but I didn't know if I loved it. It took a couple listens. It was for very me. different. Yeah, it was raw. It was gritty, and I wasn't used to hearing that from those guys at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so I, I definitely am with you on both those. It's my favorite Kanye album. Watch the Throne is one of my favorite hip hop albums of the last ten years or so. All right, and before we close off, I want to ask you: What is your your favorite, your number one go to movie? Go-to movie. Yeah, like everyone has a go-to movie. Like mine is Forrest Gump, admittedly. I put on Forrest Gump any fucking time. Any time of day, any emotion, any feeling I have, Forrest Gump's my number one go-to movie. 
probably uh, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Yes. I, 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 I do just, like. I can throw it on. I can if it's on. I can catch See, it any time. This is where we're different. So I like Remember the Titans a lot, but I got so like disenchanted with the movie after it came out. How much of the stuff was false? Yeah, like it, it's like I I get it, but it is a it's a phenomenal movie. It's a mm-hmm. really good movie. Denzel's great. Denzel fucking rules. Um, and then the douche who ended up on Sons of Anarchy, everyone likes too. Which one's that? The Sunshine? The, no, not Sunshine. The the fucking the, the main white kid. Um, oh, he ends Gary up Gary Bertier, yeah. Yeah, what's his um oh, I don't actor's know his actual name, name is? Yeah, he plays Opie on Sons of Anarchy. Um everyone loves him and now he just now he still looks like he's on Sons of Anarchy cuz he just <laughs> lives the gimmick with the stupid white trash dreads and leather vest and everything. Ah, whatever, fuck him. All right. Anyway, Matt, um, like I said, we're only going to keep this around 45 minutes. Um, SummerSlam, I'm very excited for. By now, um, SummerSlam already happened. Um, you can still watch our live video that we just did on our Facebook page if you want to see if we were at all right. I'm going to guess I'm probably like one for 13, one for 12. I'll get one of them right, my predictions. What's that? I'll well, get one well of there's my... 13 matches. Yeah, so. if I go one for 13. I'm already, I know I'm over one. I don't know what happened with that cruiserweight match, but... Um, uh, Cedric Alexander just won the cruiserweight okay, so match. One and, one. <laughs> um, and uh, Almas won, which yeah. I thought was going to happen. Yeah, and so, I thought Rusev so was going to win. So. Uh, I am. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I gave a prediction. I figured Cedric was going to win, so I'm just going to say I'm two and zero because I want to be right. <laughs> so anyway, um, again, this was just a special episode of you watch, I listen. I'm trying to think if there's any other like movies or shows I had off the top of my head. Oh, actually, I had a good story before we wrap up. I had a really good story. Um, this is a good one. This involves baseball and wrestling. Okay. Okay. Do you know who Marge Schott is? I don't. So Marge Schott was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds for like 20 years. She was a very strange woman. She never mar- she was married, her husband died, she never had kids. Um she was once suspended by baseball for uh the quote that said uh, she was suspended for a year. She said, "Hitler was good in the beginning, but then he went too far." <laughs> she had uh, some her her um her grandfather was a soldier in uh, for Nazi Germany. Okay. Um. There's a she said a lot of bad things. Um. So th- she was uh notoriously cheap. She made she made sure people didn't use too many staples, too many paper clips. Um. They had to pay for their own th- parties when the the uh, the Reds won the World Series in 1990. She didn't pay for their party. Like notorious penny pitcher, despite having. All these good players. She never honored like Pete Rose. She would bring her dogs on the field before games and let them shit on the field. <laughs> like a, a, a crazy person. You got to read into her a little bit. But in 1992, or was it 1992? It was 1989, I want to say. Um, there was a Reds game. And um, there, to promote SummerSlam coming up, um, mind you, the the Reds were terrible at this point. They were in the midst of a 10-game losing okay. streak. Uh, they had like no high points. This makes no sense. It was over in England in 92. Maybe I, I said ninety. I corrected myself to eighty nine or ninety. Okay, so um, yeah. so they were at a Reds game at the Great American Ballpark, or not a great. It was the old ballpark. Um, and Macho Man was there. Macho Man, he came in like his full gimmick, cause you know mm-hmm. he lived the gimmick. Yeah. And um, the announcer called Macho Man up into the booth, and Marge Shot went nuts and told him to kick him out of the booth. And what? the players started rip. The players were all waving to Macho Man, like <laughs> flexing and doing all these things. And Macho Man, he was a fucking minor league baseball player for yes. the for the Cardinals. Like he knows baseball. He was a very good baseball mm-hmm. player in his youth before an injury. And um, the the they. Marge Shot sent her son-in-law up, or not son-in-law, her uh, nephew up to say uh, to the Reds announcer, like, get him out of here. And he, like, went nuts. He goes, this is the most excitement the team's had in the all season, like, <laughs> two and a half months. Uh, the, like, the fan, and she wouldn't let him in the booth. Jesus. Like, you, guy, if you have You not, would have to invite him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, it's like you're getting a celebrity, and this is when Macho Man was a major crossover star, yeah. too. Like, wrestling, it was the Rock Everything and Roll 80, Express. Yeah. Like, 87, 88 is it when was, he started getting Yeah, huge. like, peak years where 
it was becoming a major crossover thing. Yes. And Macho Man was he was there in his purple tights and everything. Awesome. Like you really need to read in if guys if you have not read into Marge Shot and the stories about Marge Shot, um, she is a fascinating, fascinating individual in the history of baseball. She was mad during a ma- a game when the an umpire literally an umpire had a heart attack and died during the game, Jesus. and she was mad because she had to refund people. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely woman. It's like imagine if you said a single like Hitler comment in baseball today as an owner, what would happen? You, like Donald Sterling. Yeah, it's like you can't say that shit. You right. forced to sell a team, become a billionaire, and then yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wish certain people like the Wilpons and fucking James Dolan were forced to sell their teams, yeah. and sell the Knicks and sell the Mets, please, for Jesus. the love of God. All right, we're gonna wrap up. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for sitting in with You're us on short no notice, um, and we'll have you on soon for a full show. Yes. Um, so anyway, for Dan, this is Dan for you. Watch, I listen. This was Matt Spooner with me. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>